Welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Blake in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, we just had uh, like uh, 10 jillion feet of snow um, drop. Uh, I'm not sure that measurement is accurate, but uh, I'm working with meteorologists to confirm that. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure most people are not going to be wanting to do a curbside pickup or anything like that. But look, Blanchard Family Wines, uh, when roads are passable, will be open to everyone to do curbside pickup. But if you're like me, like look, kind of stuck at home, uh, do go to bfwdenver.com, get yourself a bottle of the 2017 Cabernet, and uh, you know, have it uh, delivered to you or shipped. Or um, do curbside, which is, you know, right now, I don't know if many people are going to be able to do that, but when it's, a, when it's safe to do so, do that. Uh, one of my favorite places in Denver for wine, um, it's just the 2017 Cabernet, obviously, is my favorite, but they got Pinot, they've got blends, they got partnerships with Western Slope Wineries called Restoration and Storm Cellars. So really, this is a local Colorado business. Um, their grapes, uh, for their own wines, come from... Uh, Sonoma County, California, which they make into wine. So obviously Pinot is a specialty, but they got whites, they got blends. Basically anything that you would want or desire. Go to bfwdenver.com, look at their selections, um, or go to bfwdenver.com and book yourself a virtual wine tasting, which are extremely popular. Um, you could also, you know, book that out a month and a month in advance, maybe, uh, these are pretty popular, so, you know, just get, kind of think about that. Uh, but anyway, they're once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Go to bfwdenver.com to order a bottle, uh, select your inventory, or get yourself a virtual wine tasting, which are extremely popular. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, I'm going to cover two subjects on this thing, but I'm kind of going to bring them together. Um, first, uh, it kind of all dovetails from Michael Malone's post-game press conference after the Nuggets lost to the Dallas Mavericks in a completely predictable fashion, um, considering the circumstances and, um, certain lineup decisions, things were probably, the, the deck was stacked. It's wasn't quite a scheduled loss, but it was a scheduled loss. There are, there are ways to look at this and, and, and to start off with first and foremost, the Denver Nuggets, the, the, the Nuggets needed to put their best foot forward um, with the best lineup they possibly could do. And in, and in my considered, but you know, obviously not in the coach's room uh, opinion, the Nuggets didn't do themselves any favors and uh, were victims of overthinking things. Uh, once Monte Morris uh, was evident, Monte Morris was injured and wasn't going to play. Um, in no universe should Michael Porter Jr., and Paul Millsap play together in the same lineup. Um, this has been borne out multiple times this season, and even going back to last season, their they are their collective deficiencies um, get accentuated when they play together. 
And I think this part, <clears throat> at least in my view, should have been obvious to everyone. Um, and it wasn't. Uh, Michael Malone, after the game, said that the Dallas was big, so he wanted to match their bigness after it was clear that Monte Morris wasn't going to be playing. And it kind of resulted in all the Nuggets' worst attributes coming out again. It was very reminiscent, at least to me, of the Denver Nuggets of the first four games of the season. Um, a very... A, a team that... Uh, and it's not Michael Porter Jr.'s fault, but he is too slow to cover the quick uh, wings. And he'll get put... When he's playing at the three, he gets put into switches that... Uh, cause him to trail, which in, therefore leads to him reaching. When he's at the four, he is not put into those switches very often and can cover a lot more ground. And when when Paul Millsap is out there, <clears throat> Millsap has suddenly got old. And I've talked about this a couple times on the podcast. It's just, it is what it is, folks. Just accept it. And uh, Millsap... Um, can't cover the space that he used to. Uh, can't get out to the perimeter like he used to be able to. Um, he's coming off an injury, which exacerbates the slowness. And it was a it was just a bad move all around. Um, many have said that the only play was to put Millsap out there. Um, I think that the Nuggets would have lost nothing by having PJ Dozier just moving Jamal over to the <clears throat> moving Jamal over to the uh, um, point guard spot, which he you know was for most of this year, putting PJ in at the two, and keeping Barton, uh, Porter, and Jokic out there and doing that doing what you've been doing basically with PJ Dozier out there, um, and. It wasn't, didn't happen. And it got really exposed as the Nuggets got more tired. Uh, in the second half, uh, Porter got into foul trouble. And things just didn't click. And the, the funny thing that is that uh, Porter came in at the, at the start of the fourth. Playing the four. And put up 17 points um, in the quarter. It wasn't enough, obviously, but it was one of those essays. It's like, oh, come on, man. This was right in front of you. You could have done this. You could have done this, and you did. You chose not to. And it's an example of Malone and, by extension, the Nuggets coaches probably overthinking things and adjusting to people rather than dictating to them. Your greatest advantage in, in, in a situation where Michael Porter Jr. is out there as a four is that he can... He's just going to be able to exploit mismatches galore. And I, I just don't think Malone is identifying it yet, or if he does, he doesn't think it's as big a deal as the we, the lay public, probably do. So I think I'm going to chalk this up to a tired team overthinking things against Dallas. Um, I don't anticipate the same mistake, at least I hope not, the same mistake being made. You kind of have the point, the, the spot where Porter needs to be and how the team has been winning with in that particular position. 
By extension, Michael Malone talked about the testing du rigueur that has been happening with the Nuggets um, and every team in the NBA this year. And it's starting to wear on people, and you don't blame them for this. Um, The amount of times they get tested, the protocols that are in place for testing, obviously are done to make sure that there are no outbreaks on a team, that people aren't playing with people who have COVID, all that stuff. It is done for a purpose. And the only way around that, and and you've seen a couple players get vaccinated, the only way around that is for players to be vaccinated. And that can't come soon enough for the NBA. And you and the 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 the, the feeling is in Colorado at least Everyone over the age of 16 will probably be eligible for vaccination by mid-April. We'll see if this snowstorm that came through this last weekend has affected things. Hopefully not. They have rescheduled a whole bunch of mass vaccinations. We'll see. That'll probably bump up the numbers this, this next weekend. Um, but in order, the only way around it is to get players vaccinated and to get coaches vaccinated and to get all the staff inside the arena vaccinated. It won't eliminate testing, but it will. What it will do is eliminate the need for um, multiple tests a day. It'll eliminate much of the inconclusive results issue. There's a lot of different things that that open up once you're vaccinated, and that protocol becomes less wearisome. Um, one of the reasons the Nuggets were so tired, apparently, is because they had to come back to the arena for testing and all of this stuff uh, after there was some botched thing with the testing, right? Yeah, luckily for them, it was an 8 o'clock game. But look, tonight, uh, Indiana is supposed to play the Nuggets tonight. Um, DIA, I don't think, is open until 2 p.m. Uh, how are they going to play this game? We don't know. Now, something may be breaking while I'm doing this podcast. We don't know this, right? But the, 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 the testing rigors and all this stuff can just be solved with vaccinations. And the, and the way, if I was talking to NBA players, I would say, look, uh, Jared Dudley said something stupid the last time. Um, I think most of you will take the vaccination when you get it. Get what's available to you. And this is your window out of into normal life. This is your gateway to do other things. This is your gateway away from testing. This is your gateway, or at least from rigorous, multiple times a day testing, right? Uh, this is your gateway away from uh, really a sense of isolation. Um, on you know, it's not as bad as it was in the bubble, but it's still isolated. This is this is your way out, okay? I would encourage them to get it as soon as it's available to them, period. And by mid-April, hopefully that comes around. Um, Colorado, you know, until the snowstorm, was doing a fantastic job of getting this shit rolled out. So let's let's stay the course, get, get to the point where you get vaccinated, and the tests will become less of a problem. I'm sure the NBA has protocols for that once the vaccinations roll in. Um, and... Look, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, folks. The light is there. <clears throat> if we can 
maintain course, and just get to that point, our summer will be spectacular, and the following season, the 2021-22 season, will be as close to normal as possible. That's where we need to be, and that's where the NBA, I think, is probably going to focus. I don't know when fans are going to be allowed into Ball Arena. I don't know when... um, I don't know when multiple things will be able to happen for us in the general populace. Fortunately, my dad is on his way to getting both doses. Um, My mom was vaccinated. Um, My brother with leukemia has not been eligible yet, but I'm sure when he goes in for his checkup uh, on the 24th, that that possibility will be there for him. Um, Hopefully there for me too. Um, there's just way there's 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 just ways out of it, and the way is vaccinations. Just let's keep the course and let's get there. The light at the end of the tunnel is there. NBA players, just keep focus on that. Do your job, and it'll open up eventually. And that's what we all got to hope for. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I will be back soon with another podcast. Huh, man, this one was real short today. All right, well, you've got a little mini treat for this one. I'll be back soon with a longer episode. Goodbye.